0: Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that, for going on five years, has helped so many of you grow a daily life that matters. And honestly, it's helped us too. I'm Christy Purifoy, and my longtime friend and podcast co-host Lisa Jo Baker and I have something special and something different for you today. Welcome to the very first of our origin stories. That's right. We're hopping in the time machine and we're going all the way back to the beginning. This is the story of a packet of grass seeds and a pitcher of water. This is Everything Big Starts Small. So please do get comfy, friends, because here, yep, here we go.
1: So we're sitting upstairs on the third floor of Maplehurst looking out the window. It is a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. And when I look down this Avenue of Trees, Christy, and I see your vegetable garden, which is insane right now. It's like your vegetables are trying to eat the house. (laughs) (laughs) And I see your flower garden on the other side of the property. All of our children running around like Lord of the Flies. Yeah. All I can think is This looks nothing. (laughs) This is nothing you could have ever imagined when you were starting with this dream, this small, teeny, tiny seed of a dream Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of being in a place where you wanted to have a farm and grow things. I mean, honestly, when when I dial back in my mind to when we first met,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: this comes down to a handful of seeds, right? I mean, that's when we think about our tagline everything big starts small mm-hmm. could not have been smaller a that's handful right. of yeah. seeds everything that we see at maplehurst yeah comes down to a tiny handful of seeds on yeah. a cold chicago winter yeah. day
0: cuz the gardening dream and i would not have traced it back to this if you had not asked me one day like did you always want to garden where did it come from but the gardening dream began in that little chicago apartment where i had no yard I didn't even have a patio at that point. You knew the later Chicago apartment where I at least had a little bit of patio and I had some window boxes. I had no yard. I had no window boxes, no patio. And I was so desperate that January for green, growing (laughs) things, (laughs) totally remembering the green lawn that my dad would take care of in front of our Texas house. And I wanted something green and growing. I wanted... Spring literally in the place, and I had this friend, she was another graduate school student, and she told me this crazy thing. She said, Yeah, I can't wait for spring. I want spring so much that I've started growing grass on the windowsill. <laughs> wait, that's so random
1: that that's what she chose
0: it grass. was so like, random, not grass, flowers, like, not, not, herbs. An, not an herb garden. That's no, what I was gonna no, say. No, not even basil or parsley or something. No, grass. Did and she say why? Like, why was it grass? I only remember what I thought. Oh, okay. So she didn't explain. She just told <laughs> well, you she, she told, was growing? Yeah, that she was going grass, and that when it got too tall, she would snip it with scissors. <laughs> You know, like mowing, like she's the trimming lawn, its hair, right? like trimming its old hair, and I can't remember if she said this or I just realized in that moment. If you grew grass and you snipped it with scissors, you would smell that cut grass oh, smell in the middle of a Chicago winter. Yes, oh, that's and genius. I knew I need <sighs> that. I need that. So, so I got my own old yogurt containers. I went to the little hardware store on Fifty Third Street. I think they had to go in the back for me because you know it was January it was all right. snow snow shovels on the shelves. And this is South Side Chicago right, right Hyde Park area. right and I'm asking Street, for right. like wheatgrass seed or whatever you they, have. Okay, but they had that in the middle of winter. Yeah yeah I think in the back they had to go in the back you know they had it <laughs> left over and I got a packet or two of seed a little bit of dirt lugged it back you know the 3 blocks or whatever and I filled those yogurt containers, and I had grass, and I would snip it with scissors. I would just rub my hands over it. <laughs> you would pet your grass? I did. I totally. Wait, I I totally are you pet married my grass. to John at this point? Yeah. So I, what did he think? I have you... no memory of what he thought. <laughs> I have no idea what he thought of this. None at all. But I remember it felt so, I can still remember that cool green under <laughs> my finger. So I'm picturing
1: it. It wasn't like in a, like a, Coke two liter cut in half. It was
0: like a it one was of those like yogurt a, tubs, you know,
1: a tu- like a big one. Like yeah, if you're buying yeah. a big Greek yogurt. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like Not a, a little what is tiny that? cup. A gallon? I no, you can't buy a, a gallon. A quart? quart? I never know American a quart measurements. Of, yeah, a quart of I don't even know American so American big measurements. yogurt tub.
0: Yeah, you
1: fill it with. Do you have a like potting soil? Did yeah, you buy I had to buy some. Soil? Po- I had to
0: buy a little bag of potting soil and
1: grass seeds. Sprinkle it with seeds. How many did you do? Just one?
0: No, you kind of have to. I think I. I don't really remember, but I'm. What no. I would do now is I would kind of cover the dirt. No, no. How many, how oh. many yogurt containers, <laughs> not how many seats? <laughs> a couple. A couple yogurt a couple containers yogurt so that containers. I could have like a lawn. Twin heads. On the win- yeah, yeah, on the windowsill. <laughs> a lawn on your shock. Yeah. On your sh-
1: but the so the grass survived against the cold glass of a Chicago winter Yeah, outside. that apartment
0: was super overheated. Okay. You couldn't turn down the radiator, so it was really warm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so funny. Yeah, it was super warm. So... That was the first thing I ever grew, and it was so surprising for me to do that because I have also a vivid memory. Um, this would have been only a few years before this, when I was a college student in my first dorm room. Before John and I got married, my sweet mate uh, we shared a bathroom. I can't remember why if it was my birth. I don't. Know, I don't know what the occasion was, but she gave me a house plant, a plant in oh, a pot. Really? and I remember thinking, "What the heck." <laughs> What am I supposed to do with this? I mean it was lovely. So, okay. I appreciated the sentiment. Pause there for a second. Okay. Cannot imagine.
1: Me being not excited. Yes, about a house my plant. friend who literally like feels like her plants are her besties. I
0: could fill my house with houseplants Not knowing now. what to do with yeah. one. No, I thought I didn't know what to do. It seemed like too how many, many years ago was this?
1: How many years ago was I would this? have been? Back.
0: I would have been eighteen. You know, it was my first first year in college, and I'm Oh, this is college, okay. yeah, yeah,
1: not grad yeah. school even. No,
0: no, no. Okay. So this was college, but yeah, I just remember thinking, if she'd given me cut flowers, I could have just enjoyed them and right. then thrown them away. Interesting. But the plant was stressful. That's because here's something I still to feel take that way about of. plants. Yeah. Just for the record, and that's how I felt. So to go from that to now, I'm going growing grass on the windowsill. And then there was the next apartment, where all of a sudden there's this little back patio. I don't even remember how it happened, but next thing I knew, I had some window boxes. I'm planting some petunias. And then, you know, a couple of years in, I had, you know, anyway, it, it grew because, from so
1: there. there. Because, okay, so that's, that is your visual. When you and I talked about this idea about small things, mm-hmm. about everyday living, mm-hmm. about how mm-hmm. we want to ground and root ourselves mm-hmm. In the daily rhythms of our lives, which is very hard to do. Like, you and I are very honest with one another, and we will try to be very honest with you, dear podcast listeners, about mm-hmm. how hard that is. Because mm-hmm. we want to keep looking at the next thing. Yeah. It's hard to root ourselves in our daily moments. So when we talked about what is it, when you think about your life, what's the small thing that got you to where you are now? Right. You have grass seeds. Right. I have a pitcher of water. And so I thought we're going to walk you guys through these images. So, Christie's, please imagine like, this is hers, the grass seeds, mm-hmm. okay? before we walk you to where we are now because those small moments are the ones that they just seem like you could just pause by them they're negligible they are so small in the context of your life right, right? so you're petting your grass on the windowsill right. but you're also like aspiring to teach English and yeah. you're going to University of Chicago yeah. and you're helping with the church plant that's in your neighbor I mean so many yeah. things I'm not really thinking about you're the grass not seeds even at all Thinking no. about them. no right? idea where they're going to take me <laughs> I mean who yeah. would ever imagine yeah. <laughs> come on so for me it was a pitcher of water. And here's what I mean by that. At the same time that you are in Chicago with your grass seeds, (laughs) (laughs) i am feeling this urgency in my life more and more that i feel like and the only way i could describe it was i told peter i feel like a pitcher of water and i feel filled up on all these thoughts and ideas and stories and encouragement that i desperately want to pour into the lives of other women and i don't know how to do that And the job of a pitcher is to spill over, to pour into the Mm -hmm. lives of other people. But at the time I felt that way, I was working in a job that I wasn't super passionate about, um, but mama got to pay the bills. She got to help contribute. (laughs) So, you know, I was commuting into DC through really bad traffic every day, you know, wrestling with young kids and trying to balance it all out. And then coming home and telling Peter at night oh my goodness, I feel like a pitcher of water. Mm -hmm. And so Peter would say to me, okay – Um, it's like so bless bless him Peter (laughs) trying to help me just solve this mystery of where can his wife like pour out her imaginary pitcher of water and so he'd be like well maybe you could you know write for a magazine or I don't know send out letters to friends and Mm -hmm. I just kept saying I don't think that's what it is I don't think that's what it is and then I stumbled on this weird world of blogging Mm -hmm. so this was back in like 2009 and I remember thinking oh here's a place where I can connect with women and start to pour into their lives. Mm-hmm. I didn't even need 10 women, like three, one. I just needed somebody mm-hmm. who wanted some of what I was offering, mm-hmm. a cool glass of water. Yeah. And so it's such a strange picture in my head. But as much as you have the grass seeds in mm-hmm. your hand, mm-hmm. for me, it was always this image of a pitcher of water that I desperately needed to mm-hmm. pour it out. And why do you still remember the pitcher of water. I mean I mean I it was an actual sensation for me is uh-huh. how I felt. I felt like I'm so full up on these thoughts about motherhood and surviving my kids and how God is changing me in completely bizarre ways mm-hmm. through being a parent, mm-hmm. which PS I never wanted to be in the first place. And I felt like I was fill up like right here to mm-hmm. the brim with mm-hmm. all these thoughts and ideas mm-hmm. and lessons. So did it work? Did you start to pour? I, and so yes, I started to blog. I remember getting online, looking at what blogs were and thinking, I think I can do that. And staying up late to try to design, I had a very dramatic header of my blog. It was like the African sunset. Oh, know? I remember it. I remember, <laughs> I remember, that that. remember it. It's yeah. like wild yeah. African animals. And then yeah. here's the DC capital.
0: Yeah, you know? I totally remember oh, it. My
1: goodness. <laughs> and so In that space, I started to pour out little by little, and women arrived to receive. And it was the most deeply meaningful experience to feel like what I was intended to do, I was having an opportunity to do with one or two women who would then leave comments and I could reply to them. And it felt like... This is what I was meant for. A pitcher mm. is made to pour out. And it was so small. I was still working full time. And as you know, with little tiny babies, I was up super early in the mornings, home, you know, late at night, working with kids, putting them down. And I would have one or two hours at night and I would sit with my laptop and just type replies to these women and just think, I'm so grateful that you showed up so mm. I could pour water for you. Mm. like These one or two women. Mm. So that was my my very small you know, even then, I would have described it as a big thing for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Like it was, a
1: me- it was meaningful to me that mm-hmm. that was happening, mm-hmm. right? But like you with your grass seeds, while that was meaningful for you, you weren't shaping your whole life around it, right? right? So I yeah. wasn't either. I still yeah. had a full-time job. I had a commute. I had kids. I had yeah. all of these things going on. Yeah. But this, this opportunity to pour water into somebody else's life yeah. was deeply life-giving to me.
0: It's amazing to me how quickly actually a very small thing that surprises you becomes, it begins to feel almost indispensable. Yes, I mean, pretty quickly yes. growing things did start to feel like I can't live without this. Really? Yeah. So what was
1: the jump from grass seeds on your windowsill? Mm-hmm. Then you had a little patio with plants. Mm-hmm. And then how do you get mm-hmm. from there to you where know. we're sitting right now with a flower garden that wants to eat you alive?
0: I walked through a hard place. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's yeah. not an easy answer ever, is no, it? No, no. It was, yeah, it was some desperate days, months. It was a lot of unhappiness. And when you're unhappy and when your life doesn't satisfy, first you think, okay, this is my fault. I need mm-hmm. to be more content. Mm-hmm. Okay, work on contentment. Work on contentment. It's not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at a certain point, I feel like I received permission to just receive how how unhappy I was. Mm. And then just kind of put that out there, you know. And pray about it and be unhappy, which I was.
1: So trace that journey for us. Because Mm -hmm. you're in Chicago where you had a great deal of contentment. And you loved being there. And it's where our friendship started. And you moved from apartment to apartment. And the plants moved with you. And they grew. Yeah,
0: our time there came to a natural end. I graduated. My husband got a job offer in Florida. And I knew it was right to move. It was right. It was hard to say goodbye. but, But we knew, knew, knew deep in our hearts that the time was right. We said goodbye. We moved on to the next thing and didn't realize how hard the next thing would be. Mm -hmm. But the gift of that next thing, the gift of that hard place, and Florida was a hard place for me, Was that it gave me? You know, I don't know. Rock bottom is a term that gets thrown around a lot, but it just sort of settled me at the bottom of an experience where I could just look around and say, "What do I really want?" Mm. And and new new dreams started to grow out of that. But you know, even that happened in small practical ways. Like I tried to garden in Florida, and it was bad. (laughs) Like
1: I'm just (laughs) going to say that I
0: haven't haven't been to Florida a
1: lot, but we were there a couple summers ago because my in-laws just moved there. They retired, and. From a distance, the pictures of Florida and like the grass, for example, mm-hmm. look beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I tried to walk on it. Oh, oh my word. It was like a thousand knives stabbing into my feet. <laughs> like what on earth, Florida grass? St.
0: Augustine grass. I grew up with it's it in terrible. Texas. We had the same thing. It and my hurts. in-laws
1: were like, that's what grass takes to survive here yeah, in Florida. It's gotta be I sharp. Mean, even wearing yeah. flip-flops, it was painful yeah. to walk on that grass. It's not so the people same. Can you don't want to ser- pet it.
0: Yeah. People no, you do not wanna pet <laughs> the Florida grass. Oh, that's good. That's so so true. <laughs> You know, obviously people can grow beautiful things in Florida. I had um some friends who had amazing gardens. So it's it was more me than Florida. <laughs> but I was not a good gardener in Florida, partially because you know, you don't get a winter's break in Florida. Mm. Oh and interesting. Like for you me mean in the cycle of gardening. Yeah. yeah. I mean uh-huh. you, you you take you actually take a break in the summer usually right. if you're a gardener it's in Florida, hard. you take a break in July and August. But the weeds keep growing then, so it's not quite the same, so I yeah, I hungered for that winter break, so yeah, yeah that that was partially how it happened, is that being in that place that was hard and unhappy and hungry, some new dreams started to grow, and uh that that led us here yeah. and here is Pennsylvania,
1: yeah, so you guys coming over from Florida, coming to look at places in Pennsylvania, and it's because John got a job here, right? yeah exactly. So entering the land of Four Seasons again (laughs) and starting to look for a place. And I think at the time, you and John had a pretty specific idea of what you thought God was calling you to do. Is that right?
0: We did. We did. And I know we'll say more about that in later episodes as we unpack our our dreams and all their small beginnings and where we think they're taking us and, and hopefully come across some wisdom to share with our listeners. But, but on a practical level, you a were looking for level, space to grow things. Exactly. <laughs> we were looking, and pretty specific, like we were looking between three and 10 acres, which is what we <laughs> would tell the realtor. Because we thought more than 10, that's just crazy. We're not farmers. We don't know what to do with that. But more than three, because yeah, we wanted... A spacious place. We wanted room for all the flowers and vegetables and herbs and trees and things that I could think to grow. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know even you then. You didn't know what you were in no, for? No, I had no idea. And actually at that point, I wasn't even, I had never grown flowers. I wasn't even thinking about growing flowers, but we knew we wanted to grow food, mm-hmm. vegetables, fruit, fruit trees. We wanted chickens and we wanted space for the kids to run around and help us. And so that's what we were looking for. And I think what
1: I've always loved about you and John is those things you wanted to grow, I've always seen as because not like in an end in and of themselves, mm-hmm. but as a daily meditation on who God is and what he gives yeah. us, but also as an opportunity to invite people yeah. in to make yeah. a place yeah. for other people.
0: Yeah. So the first invitation, I think it it took that that shift in Chicago when it moved from the grass seeds to the little patio with the flowers. Mm -hmm. Because when I put those window boxes in and the flowers, it was because I imagined people coming over and sitting on the patio and sitting at the table a little teeny tiny table, like barely fit four (laughs) people, teeny tiny table out there. Oh, and we did it. The memories I have of – 4th of July we'd sit out there with a couple friends and you could just barely see the fireworks out over the lake toward downtown and yeah but we we did we used that space and we used it well so even then the 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 growing, the planting um, was this vision of like creating a space and hospitality and and, and so on. So I think that shift happened um, at a certain point. But when we got here, yeah, I wasn't thinking flowers. I was thinking food. But I was also, I was thinking about the kids, first of all. My kids were getting older and I realized I wanted something for them to be involved with, mm. like some sort of family project. And, and so we had this idea that creating a place that we share with other people was something the kids could be involved in. So there was that. And uh, maybe I'll say more another day about how I turned in from vegetables to flowers. But. I, I just love
1: because anybody who's just jumping on and listening for the first time today, if they've come over from Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, Christy, you have your own personal account, but you also have an account for your garden. Mm-hmm. Really, it's like a garden journal that right, you keep in photos. Right. And it's yeah. Maplehurst Gardens, Maplehurst right? Maplehurst Gardens, yeah. and. Yep. But if you're just following you there, mm-hmm. it's easy to assume this mm-hmm. is the always has been. Yes, it's, it's always been like right. this, right? It Hasn't been. But it, the, the way yeah. it is now is very recent. Like yeah. it's the, very the, recent. the most recent yeah. iteration yeah. of grass seeds yeah. on a windowsill. And in that's a yogurt yeah. Pot. That's why I think
0: the seed metaphor is so apt because if you're looking at your life today and all you see is teeny tiny insignificant things, first of all. Great. That's how it begins. That's how it begins. Tend those teeny tiny things well. So good. Uh, But also, I think it can just blow our minds at how quickly. Those things seeds grow. grow. I mean, you've been here in the spring yes. where the vegetable garden is just barren, mm-hmm. empty, and it's spring. Things have been planted, but it's just empty. And then you come in August, and you cannot even walk. You can't get in, into, you guys. I mean, I'm scared of her strawberry bushes. I'm <laughs> I'm scared of ever I'm scared of <laughs> that garden. garden. <laughs> actually, in in August, it 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 really <laughs> freaks me out because it's so overgrown. But that's how quickly it happens, and that's how quickly it can happen. Right. And so I think also when we look at the teeny tiny things in our lives, to not despair, yeah. because we have this sense of how the timeline will go, that it will take forever. Like, oh, okay, even if I can have faith to believe that these things are going to grow into something big, it's going to take, like, you know, so much time. I can't, I need need hope for today. Right. But really, it happens quickly. And at the same time, isn't it always, so I want to hear more about the jug in this sense. So my question is, like when I think about the gardens, I don't just look out and say, well, clearly the grass seed was worth it because look what it led to. Right. It brought no, me here. Right. No, the you, grass seeds and the petunias, I look back and I think, oh, those were so great. Because in right. and of themselves, they, they were, beautiful. were beautiful. And they, they were fulfilling great. And they were fulfilling and life-giving right. and wonderful. Mm-hmm. So you're you know from your early days of blogging for like three people mm-hmm. now you're you've written books and you speak in front of larger audiences so is do you look back in those days and say oh great they brought me here
1: no no i actually take comfort in those early days like i walk my memory back and sit in those spaces because there was such joy.
0: Yes, yeah, like in the same way that
1: you cramped in your little <laughs> yeah, balcony garden. Yeah, yeah. When we gathered those tiny little groups of women who would meet me, you know, on the internet, mm. essentially, when the internet was still sort of felt so new to gather in this way, I remember that as some of my most fulfilling experiences because I didn't have an expectation for bigness right 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 then i had an expectation for right, pouring yeah, out that's right. what i wanted uh, that was my end yeah. it wasn't greatness it wasn't platform it, it wasn't even books yeah. it literally was the deep satisfaction of meeting with another woman and being able to give her a glass of water and then discover i had actually been filled up in mm-hmm. return it was so satisfying for me
0: and you found that in a hard place it was too. a very hard season yeah.
1: i mean yeah. we were stretched in the worst ways i mean it, we had made a lot of bad financial decisions, mm-hmm. and I'm sure at some point we'll unpack those in <laughs> <laughs> one of our chats to come. We were five years, I'll never forget, we were in this tiny rental house. I can't remember if you visited that I one did. or not. You do I do Christy, remember it well. Oh, no, she can see her face right I know, now. It's I'm like such sympathy. She's like, I'm so sorry you lived there. <laughs> I, I do remember but being It was so tiny. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just, so for all of you who are renters right now or who live in a tiny place, for a long time we felt embarrassed to in, invite people over. But But I tell you what, learning to gather with people and pour into them kind of all my bits and pieces, my broken bits and my weird stories Mm -hmm. and my frustration at being a mom and my exhaustion, Mm -hmm. that taught me to be able to welcome people the same way, right, into Mm -hmm. my actual physical space, which was kind of janky. It had these really weird faux bricks in the kitchen that were like, not even tiles, they were just like stuck on <laughs> to look like bricks. And they would just fall off at weird times. Like in the middle of the, <laughs> the night, you'd hear them just drop oh, off the no. wall. <laughs> the glue would get ratty. And then I just super glue them back on. It was oh. so bad. But that house, that house that I wanted to move out of every single summer, I hoped we could get out of that house. Man, God in that house grew in me this incredible sense of what it means to pour into other people. And I felt like he was like, oh, you want to pour into people? Okay, sure. Listen, you don't actually have to move to another house. You don't need a bigger platform. And you're He's like, just, no, really? I'm like, please, <laughs> rescue me. He was like, you just get online after your long commute mm-hmm. and your long workday and your tired mm-hmm. kids and you get to do it. Here they are. Here are the mm-hmm. women. Go, pour mm-hmm. into them. And it was so much fun. I loved it. And because of that pouring in, you get connected to other women and other women's stories, and they Mm. introduce you to somebody else, and you kind of follow that rabbit trail. Mm. And I discovered the website Encourage, Mm. and it's spelled I-N, courage. And it was a community of women basically doing the same thing. How can we pour into one another? What does that look like to keep pouring into each other, to show up, to tell our stories essentially about our ordinary life, our daily frustrations, and how in the middle of that mess is where faith shows up best. Not on your your Sunday day where you're all fancy, but in your messy days. And the more I wrote in those spaces, the more I got invited to write. And so it was like meeting a community of women who said, oh, yeah, come sit here at the table with us. Let's write together. Let's share stories together, which... In itself, led to a job opportunity to go and work for Encourage full time as their community manager. And so I spent the next seven years essentially doing that, Mm -hmm. having the opportunity to keep pouring out into the Mm -hmm. lives of women. And so, in the same way that your gardens have grown in size, my writing communities or platforms, whatever you want to call them, grew in size. But essentially, it was doing the exact same thing that I was doing at Mm 1am, I kid you not, at 1am when the kids were finally asleep in between the baby waking up for the next shift, Mm -hmm. writing back to women in the comments. It's the same.
0: So do you still feel
1: like that jug of water? I do. I do. And I, you know, in the same way, and we should have you talk about arriving and discovering Maplehurst because I had a similar experience last year of realizing, I've kind of like, you have those moments, don't you? And I think That's why we're starting with this episode. We are able to pause and actually look back and say, oh, my gosh, those seeds got me to this moment. And if I hadn't have had those tiny daily opportunities to just pour out a few drops of water at a time or for you to grow a few seeds at a time. Right. I would not be standing in this moment right here. So tell me what happened. Okay, but I feel like you have to tell about arriving at Maplehurst, but I can tell mine first if you wanted to continue. This is half the fun, you guys, of getting to hear each other's stories that Uh we've lived in for a long time, but it's like, this is the fleshed out version of the backstory. I had a moment last year, it was such a beautiful opportunity. I had a season of speaking. And so now when I get to connect and pour out to women, you know, sometimes those groups are a hundred, sometimes they're 2,000. And the feeling is exactly the same every time, mm-hmm. right, as it was in the beginning at 1 a.m. in my pajamas, writing on my computer, because it's the same gift where God tells you, I put something in you, and now you get to use that. And it's mm-hmm. just so, so satisfying. And I think often of the story about Eric Little, the Olympic runner, who I think anybody who's, known, who's familiar with his stories, who ran chariots a- of fire, chariots like. of fire, yeah. there you go, and he said about running, he said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. I feel that way about connecting with other women. And I know you feel that way about Mm -hmm. gardening and making Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. So I had this moment earlier this year, actually, I was traveling to go and speak at one of my very last speaking events of the year. And it was special because my mother-in-law was with me. She came from Florida. I came from Baltimore. We met up and we traveled to Poplar Bluff, Missouri together Mm -hmm. And just this incredible community of women who had put together this event for me to come and speak into the lives of women. And when they were originally telling me about it, they said, we only expect like maybe 100, maybe 200. And I thought, that's great. I can't wait to come and hang out with you guys. But man, when I talked to them the week before, they said over 400 (gasps) were coming. Women from all over the community, <gasps> oh. not just their local church. Like, for example, the organizer had invited her hairdresser who had invited oh. all of her oh. friends, okay? <laughs> there was a recovery center who had invited wow. their people wow. to come. There was another, there was many churches from the area who had all sent people because it's not a, you know, Poplar Bluff isn't super huge and there are a lot of surrounding communities who are all coming that night, And man, I stood on that stage, and it was so incredible because all the women had prayed and planned and Mm. invited. Mm. And then their husbands had gone on board and built, Uh of course, out of wood pallets, Uh these beautiful backdrops and were running around like getting batteries for the mic packs Uh and getting whatever the women needed. And I mean, I walked into that place and felt like I was connecting with lifelong friends. Like they were Mm. strangers who were Instantly, family, I will never forget, before we got on stage, this huge circle of women, older women, just wrapped me in their arms and prayed over me. And it was like feeling the water pour into you Mm -hmm. and then getting to go up on that stage and teach and feel it flow out of you. Mm -hmm. And when we were done, we went downstairs and in great women's ministry fashion, there was an incredible chocolate dessert bar Of course there was. All these women are eating desserts, we're hanging out, talking and taking photos and signing books. And at the very end, a group of women came up to me. I'm going to try to be like calm as I tell this story, (laughs) but I don't feel calm. And they were just chatting and laughing with me. And they were like, Lisa Jo, we've been believers our whole life. You know, we know faith. We know Jesus. Um we traveled kind of far to come and see you tonight but we want to tell you this that even as believers especially those who serve other women we desperately need to have our cups filled up and tonight it felt like sister you poured a cool glass of water for us and i Completely freaked them out by bursting into tears (laughs) (laughs) immediately. I have goosebumps. And telling them, Wow. Oh my goodness, you guys. 10 years ago, I was telling God. I told them, Of course I did. Have you met me? Like, I tell people all the things. (laughs) I was like, 10 years ago, I said to God, I feel like a pitcher of water and I've got no one to pour out into. And tonight, you're standing in front of me telling me I poured you a cool glass of water. Oh my goodness and it's why i believe as you do christy so deeply that these what we think of as small things are not the small things are the big things please hear me say it's the big thing isn't that i was standing on a stage speaking to 400 people that's not everything big starts small that's not the big thing the big thing is that a decade ago i said to god i feel like a pitcher of water who do i pour into
0: and he, that's the big yeah, thing yeah. the big
1: thing is your seeds yeah. growing on a windowsill in chicago yeah that in fact is the big thing
0: okay this makes so much sense and actually now i know what story maybe i'll finish with i didn't when you i pushed you into telling yours because i wasn't <laughs> sure well there's so much i could say about coming to maplehurst um but i haven't told the story this way i think this is the right way now so before we came Again, because I was so unhappy and desperate, <laughs> I was reading a lot of Scripture, and I kept coming across verses that, I, again, if I'd known I would tell the story, I would have looked it up. But um, I would just come across Old Testament verses that talked a lot about how like, God is giving a place, and the riches of that place, and now the riches or the treasure of that place will belong to you. Like, now it's it's yours, as if something was being taken from someone else and given to me. But, like, mm. treasure or riches that I hadn't hmm. Produced, you know. Right. Whatever. And he was just giving it to me. And so it was like a lovely metaphor. That sounds great, but it's completely <laughs> abstract. But we came. We found this place. There was room to garden. The whole offer and sale, all of that went through in like three weeks or wow. less. It was super, super fast. So because it was so quickly, um, the lovely woman who owned this home before us, who'd been trying to sell her house, I think, for quite a while, she had started a garden in, you know, spring And planted tomatoes and peppers and things. And then we'd come along and made this offer. And so very quickly, she had to pack up her whole house and move her family. And so she, you know, couldn't obviously take care of the garden at that point. So the garden just sort of, you know, was neglected until we moved in on August 1st. And I remember that first day as the movers were unpacking, bringing all the stuff inside, I just wandered over to this area. I hadn't even realized there was a garden over there. No way. It was covered in weeds. Oh, my
1: goodness. Yeah, there
0: was a little bit of like that white sort of... 12 inch high fencing. But I mean, you couldn't even see it. Grass was was growing over it. And I realized I saw like bits of red and I realized, oh, there's some to- tomatoes in there. So the kids and I rescued some of the tomatoes. Maybe a week or two later, we had our first guests over, of course, crazy uh, friends from Chicago. Well, you know them. They, they'd come all the way across. They were here for a wedding. And so they stayed a few nights. And I still remember we sat outside and ate bacon lettuce tomato sandwiches <laughs> with the tomatoes from this no rescued way. garden. But the reason I'm telling the story this way is that just yesterday, yesterday I picked the first brandywine tomato from the vegetable garden. And you know I said before that vegetable garden is overgrown, it scares me, but I I, you know, risked the jungle and and pulled out this tomato and a brandywine tomato is the most delicious tomato in the world. And it's something you can only grow yourself because mm-hmm. they're too fragile. They're too—they smush and bruise too easily, and so they can't ship them to grocery stores. And so um, you can really only ever taste it if you grow it yourself, or if you have a friend who grows it, or maybe you can find it at a farmer's market. But even there, it's it's not likely. So I'm cutting this tomato yesterday, and it's just been a hard day. <laughs> I was hot and sweaty, and you know, kids are home from for summer. And end of the day, I was worn out, and I was cutting this tomato, and I remembered. <gasps> This is what it's all about. <sighs> this oh, is what it's Prince all about. Fox. All the stress about the weeds and life and this house that is, we're trying to renovate and it's too much for us and all of it, all of it, right? Mm. And I'm slicing that tomato and thinking, I'm glad to be here. This is wow. good. This is why I'm here. This is what, yes. Yeah. And it's just this moment of like coming home. And it's just this tomato, right? Mm. But I be, it began with those tomatoes and that gift, like those tomatoes mm. that I didn't grow. And mm. yet I was able to serve them to my friends and then, again, this tomato that, again, I don't take credit for it, but here it is again, a mm-hmm. gift when I needed it. And so you're right. It's not standing on the stage. It's not now being in charge of these five acres and all the things I can grow. Like, that in itself is not – I say it's not the big thing because that's not – I can't root my life in that. Right. That's just overwhelming. Right. It, 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 I, yeah, and we would never want anybody listening to say
1: to think, "Oh, I need to aspire to right. get to something." Like once big. I
0: have, once I'm on right. the stage, once I have the book contract, right. once our hope I'm- is that you will actually yeah.
1: find the big things in the small things. It's the tomato. It's the tomato. It's the pitcher of it's water. It's the grass
0: and the yogurt because container. that's the same. Yeah. That does not change. Yeah.
1: Like that is yeah. the identity that God has called us yeah. to live out and yeah. to grow out and to pour out yeah. and to share. That is the big thing. Mm-hmm that's it. I mean, <laughs> I'm a verbal processor, so I'm going to love these podcasts because I feel like I'm learning as I'm speaking. And and we really hope that you will, every time you're done listening to one of these, look around your life and say, oh my goodness, here's that small thing that has turned into a big thing because it was a small thing. Does that even make sense? Do I sound like a crazy person right now?
0: No, and I think we'll continue to unpack it. I know that we landed on this Topic we wanted to talk about it in these podcasts because we sort of get it and we're living it and we've lived it for a long time, but we still, we still, it's have still a, a mystery, to, it's a right? I mean, yeah. we
1: haven't arrived. I think that's yeah. part of it. There's no arriving. I think we get tricked into thinking that there is. And so we can get frustrated here in, our, in the middle that we're mm-hmm. still in the middle of. Yeah. And we just, our hope is and our belief is there are a lot of us here trying to make sense of the middle time and it's mm-hmm. so easy to keep looking further down the road mm-hmm. and what comes next and where's mm-hmm. the big thing that we forget that the most meaningful things usually are the small things that become the big things because they matter the most to mm-hmm. us in mm-hmm. our lives and so actually that's going to be a conversation we're going to have next week this whole idea about longing for whatever the big thing is that yeah, comes next
0: i'm looking forward to that one
1: i feel like i need it mm-hmm. But now, friend, you better tell me that there are those tomatoes left over because we're going downstairs. I'm for hungry lunch. now. I know. Let's go. <laughs> eat. I really hope that there's some left for all of us. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, you guys. We will talk to you next week. Same time, same place here at Maplehurst in Pennsylvania.
0: Can't wait.